for Fantasy Football Weekly on KFAN, presented by Devonis. Your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Fantasy Football Weekly is also brought to you by Grain Belt Premium, No Name Butcher Quality Meats, Honda, Town Hall Family, and by the Park Tavern. Now, now, along with Fanball and League Safe's Matt Harrison and Brian Johnson, here's Paul Charchian. It is Fantasy Football Weekly, week number 14. It's the first week of the playoffs. If you are listening to this right now, probably it means you're in the playoffs. Congratulations. We also want to believe that cause and effect, you listen to the show, you're in the playoffs. I am Paul Charchian. My co-host today, Brian Johnson, as almost always, and (laughs) Scott Fish. Hi, Scott. How's it going? Hi, Brian. Hey, guys. All right. Now... I have only one request of our listeners today. I do not need to hear questions from you when we put you on the air that start with, I'm in the playoffs, so this is really important, or this is for this is for all the marbles, or you know, we do our best every week. We it's always for all the marbles. We're always doing our best. And we know it's important. It's the playoffs. And by the way, if it's not your playoffs, that means you're playing week 17 and you're doing it wrong. We didn't even have a show in week 17. That's how strongly we feel about not playing fantasy football and awarding the winner of your league some phony trophy that was built on the back of a bunch of rested starters from your opponent. It's a bad deal. And, and no crying in, uh, or crying in, calling in crying about Alvin Kamara either. we got to move on. Well, that, 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 now you're on. talking to my soul right there. Oh, me too. I had Kamara all over the place, and that's a disaster for me. I'm with you. Um, I, I don't know that I'm going to get by... Uh, in in my Kamara leagues, Hunt and Kamara, oof. Yeah, well, Hunt's been the slow trickling death, yeah. but you know he might go off this week. Who knows? Uh, let's uh, roll up our sleeves on all of the topics today. We're going to go through 15 NFL games, 30 teams. Give you fantasy outlooks for all of them. Take a chance on me. The five hot questions and lightning round at the end of the show. We begin with a crappy matchup of the Colts versus the Bills. Sack magnet. Jacoby Brissett against turnover magnet Nate Peterman. Scott, it's anybody, to, anything to salvage here? <sighs> Maybe. I don't know. I'm not starting Brissett against the Bills. The Bills have allowed just 10 passing touchdowns this year. Brissett has just passed 10 passing touchdowns himself. Mm-hmm. And the Bills are top five against quarterbacks over the last five weeks. He's on the bench. Doyle's on the bench. Buffalo only two tight end touchdowns this year. Same game, OJ Howard. So all the uh, one game, yeah, the eleven other games, no touchdowns. Right, and only Gronk had over forty yards since week eight. So no one's getting anything there. Doyle on the bench. Hilton, I'm giving a C grade because of that Jags game. Basically, yeah. uh, the Bills are top ten against the pass. Only seven wide receiver touchdowns this season, and Hilton's only top three catches once since week five. But he's still getting over six targets a game, and like I said, that Jags game just made me say, I just can't bench Hilton. I, I, got benched, it. I benched him in the Scott Fishbowl, Hilton, and it got me bounced. So oh, yeah, wow. yeah, Don't do it again. That's right. rough. Big money on the line there. Uh, in the running game, I'm giving Gore a B, and I'm benching Mac. Mac's under 10 touches per game for four straight. I know it's a great matchup. but It I'm, is a great matchup for Mac, but he's yeah. just got to touch the ball yeah, more. Exactly, yeah, exactly. He might get you something, but you can't count on it at all. Uh, Gore, I am giving a B, though. Bills allowing the fourth most, most rushing yards and the most rushing touchdowns in the league. 
But Gore, only three touchdowns this year and not above 85 yards in any game. So I can only give him a B even in a great, great matchup. Uh, on the Bills side, I think for the passing game with Peterman in, I'm just benching the whole thing. If if Taylor was if Taylor was in, I would give Benjamin a C. Uh, the Jaguars have allowed six touchdowns to the position over the last five games, but I don't know how much I can trust Peterman to to move that offense. And Clay is more of Taylor's boy, so I'm benching the passing game. Jay, Zay Jones can't catch either. He's mm. worst catch rate in the NFL. He can levitate, but he can't catch. He can levitate. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Lashawn McCoy though. I'm giving him an A grade. They're going to have to depend on him like they have the last couple weeks. Colts are bottom five against running backs. They've allowed seven running backs over 75 yards in six in the last six games and a running back touchdown in two straight games. McCoy averaging 75 yards or has at least 75 yards in seven of the last nine, and he's averaging 21 touches per game since week 11. He's going to get there on volume. Right. And, you know, if it were a different matchup, you might even say, you know, I'm nervous enough about Nate Peterman that I don't feel like I could even start LaShawn McCoy, but the matchup is so yeah, juicy exactly. that I think you still have to start McCoy here. And in fairness to Peterman, in his first time out, he played the Chargers, one of the mm-hmm. best yeah. pass defenses in the NFL. Right. His offensive line gave him nothing to work with, and he's got Indy. You know, the, I, you know I'm not. It's a great matchup. It's a great matchup. Do you want to start not, Benjamin not, on no, his first week back? I don't. I mean, and he's really not. And, he's, and Benjamin's still questionable at yeah. this stage. Yeah. So he's not even fully healthy. Ed Peterman might be a nice flyer on Fanball. Nice cheap quarterback Ooh. option this week. I think I would rather. I'd rather go Blaine Gabbard as my cheap option, but we'll talk more about him later. Yeah, we do. Uh, Washington takes on the Chargers. We just referenced the tough Chargers secondary. What do you think? And this this game, it's an away game for Washington. It's always an away game for the Chargers as well. What do you think about the passing prospects for Kirk Cousins in this one? I don't like him a whole lot, but I am going to give him a C. Uh, over his last eight games, Cousins has averaged 314 yards and two touchdowns, but this is a tough matchup, like you said. The Chargers rank sixth against the pass overall and fifth in passing touchdowns allowed. So just a C for Cousins. Uh, a C for Jameson Crowder as well, who I will call his uh, primary uh, pass catcher. It took a long time for Crowder to get going this year, but has five strong games in a row now with a couple standout performances uh, thrown in. But this is a bad spot for him as well. He'll see Desmond King. Uh, L.A. slot corner, who has not allowed a touchdown in slot coverage and ranks 10th in yards per cover snap, mm. less than one. So that's basically 30 yards per game he's allowing. Wow. So not liking Crowder a whole lot here, but he does get a C. I'm putting Josh Doxson on the bench, though, even though he has touchdowns in back-to-back games. Uh, the Chargers rank 9th in receptions allowed to wide receivers, and he will likely see a lot of Casey Hayward, the number 1 rated cornerback by Pro Football Focus. So... Doxon on the bench, as is Vernon Davis. Even with Jordan Reed out, Jordan Reed, the new Jermichael Finley, by the way, that's what I'm dubbing him. But uh, VD is bad after all. Uh, three targets and two catches over the last two weeks. And primo matchups. Primo matchups. Primo matchups. Giants. And Cowboys. Davis has done nothing. Yep. So he's on the bench. And then um, to the running game, Samaje Pirine went belly up last week against Dallas, but the game script fell out of his favor. It very really quickly. did. I'm willing to give him another chance here against the Chargers, who own bottom five rankings against the run, allowing 130 ground yards per game, uh, 4.7 yards per carry. So let's give B. Ryan a B. And I'll jump in and mention it looks like both of the tackles, Trent Williams and Morgan Moses, are going to be able to go for Washington. They both are questionable, but 
I happen to do, I did Washington radio like I do every week at the end of the week, and they, they the guys there were telling me they expect both of them to play. Yeah, that's huge. That's good That'd intel say. right there, definitely. Uh, over to L.A. now. Let's start with Melvin Gordon and give him an A. Uh, the last five backs with 14 or more touches against Washington have scored, and all four of them topped 116 combo yards. Gordon will see at least 14 touches in this game, you would think, so he gets a nice uh, nice grade with an A, as does Keenan Allen, who is just en fuego. Uh, yeah. Over the last three games, averaging 13 targets, 11 catches, 105 yards and a touchdown per game. Leads all wide receivers and targets from inside the 10-yard line with 12. Kendall Fuller is a decent slot corner, but uh, uh, slot receivers like Adam Thielen and Doug Baldwin both topped 100 yards recently, so Allen can certainly do the same. And I'll jump in on Allen for just one quick note here. It's not uncommon for the guys coming off ACL surgery to have the second half of the season surge, Mm -hmm. where the first half of the season they're still not quite right on the knee and they're not as explosive, they can't cut as hard, whatever. And the second half of the season, ACL guys tend to do better. Heck, as a pre, as a great example of that, Adrian Peterson's historic second half mm-hmm. of the season yep. in whatever season that was, 2012 or yep, whatever it was. Yep. yep, the rust right. has been knocked off for sure. Uh, as for the other wide receivers, Tyrell Williams, no more than three targets in three straight games. He's on the bench. Mike Williams can't trust him with the knee issue. He may not might not even play, so he's obviously on the bench. Travis Benjamin might be the quote-unquote safest play of these guys, but I just can't endorse any. Uh, They'll see Norman at Josh Norman at some point in the game, so they're all on the bench. Hunter Henry is not, though. Going to give him a B, even though he's dealing with a knee injury, but should be fine. The Redskins are bottom five against tight ends, giving up 67 yards per game. They've also surrendered at least one tight end touchdown in four of their last five, so you got to like Henry here. Uh, A lot of people desperate at tight end. You could even go to Gates. That's that's well. That's I said desperate. desperate. Well, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not it's not implausible because the Redskins are really bad against tight ends right now. They are. I might have yep. another sneaky tight end play for you later in the show. Yeah, so. there are actually several there's, this there's week. A lot of them. Oh, yep. And then uh, Philip Rivers, uh, easy A here, multiple touchdowns in three of his last four games and six of the last nine, almost averaging 400 passing yards over the last two games. Washington has allowed mul- multiple touchdown passes in five of their last seven. Only Eli and Dak failed to do it. Those are divisional opponents, so uh, you got to like Rivers here as well. Bears take on the Bengals. Uh, let's start with the running game for the Bears. Jordan Howard I had as a C, but then um, Cincinnati's all banged up, including Vontez Perfect linebackers out. And also defensive tackle Geno Atkins is shaping up as a game-time decision. So I've got Jordan Howard up as at a at a B grade. I, excuse, they may have said B earlier. I had him as a C. Now I've got him as a B. But after last week's inexplicable dud against San Francisco – it's hard to trust Howard at this point. He faces a pretty good Cincinnati run defense that's only allowed one 100-yard rusher, and that was Le'Veon Bell. They've also given up the most rushing. They've also given up rushing touchdowns to only two players since way back in Week Four. Um, so I, I I don't love Howard here, but he'll still get the preponderance of the work for Chicago. Be great for him, especially if Geno Atkins does not go in this one. That takes the heart out of their defensive line. Tariq Cohen's the other running back. Even though backs have had some success through the air against the Bengals, Cohen just doesn't get another, enough work, so I got him out. Um, he chips in almost nothing in the running game as well. He's on the bench. Let's go to Sad Trombonski and the rest of the Chicago passing game. The only guy I've got a starting grade on here is Dontrell Inman, and I'm only starting him because the Bengals are going to be missing, I told you about all the injuries, they're going to be missing Drake Kirkpatrick and Adam Jones. They're basically their number one and number two cornerbacks are both out for this game. So we'll go to the best of the Bears receiving options, and that's Dontrell Inman with a passing grade. Everybody else is on the bench. Um, I, this is a team giving up the third defense, giving up the third fewest passing yards to receivers, and Mitch Trubisky getting nothing done through the air. Let's go to the Cincinnati side. 
We'll start with Andy. Uh, we'll start with Andy Dalton quietly having a really nice season. Of his last nine games, he's thrown multiple touchdowns in eight of the nine. Wow. Yes, the Bears have the 13th ranked pass defense. And they've given up multiple passing touchdowns two weeks ago to Carson Wentz, the week before that to Matthew Stafford. And I think they're rough equivalents to Dalton's ability level. So I expect a couple of, of scoring strikes here for Dalton. Uh, A.J. Green's obviously matchup proof, but I'll note that the Bears have only allowed 10 wide receiver touchdowns all year, and only Antonio Brown has topped 100 yards. So it's not in, it's not a simple matchup for A.J. Green, but I'm still giving him an A grade. And the last guy that uh, I want to mention through the passing game is Tyler Croft, who has not topped three receptions in six weeks. So he has to get a touchdown, and I don't love him here. The Bears' defense has above-average rankings against tight ends in targets, receptions, receiving yards allowed to tight ends. So I don't I don't love Croft here, and I think you can find other guys that could help you out more. Let's go to the running game. Joe Mixon is out. So Giovanni Bernard goes all the way up to a B grade. It's In a way, it's the best-case scenario because now Giovanni Bernard's going to get all of the work here. And it's... He looked good in when he replaced Mixon last week, so I'm actually pretty optimistic here. Chicago is a top 10 team in running back receiving yards and touchdowns, so I don't necessarily love him through the air as much as I otherwise would, but with all of the work, I kind of like Bernard in this matchup, and he gets a B grade. We'll take a break. When we come back, take a chance on me. Nine players, not normally in your starting lineup, many of whom are available off the waiver wire. We'll tell you who they are when we come back. Welcome back. It's Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. Paul Jarkin, Scott Fish, Brian Johnson with you. Thank you for joining us. First week of the playoffs, but that doesn't mean you don't need help at various positions. Tons of injuries, lots of things upside down for this week. Suspensions this week will help you with nine guys you would not normally start, but you may want to this week, beginning at the quarterback position and Scott Fish. Uh, I'm going really chalky here with a Jimmy Garoppolo against the bad Texans secondary. Yeah, everybody's on Garoppolo this yeah, week. Yeah, in a sliver over one game of action, he has 311 yards, a touchdown, and an unreal 71.8 completion percentage. Uh, Texans allowing the second most passing touchdowns this year and multiple touchdowns in six of the last eight. Needless to say, I'm on board. Yep. Brian. I'm going to take a shot on this Eli Manning kid getting uh, the start against the Cowboys at home. Uh, making his first consecutive start, Eli will be a little motivated <laughs> here. Uh, did not have a good game against Dallas in Week 1. And yes, no. he had Odell Beckham and Brandon Marshall then. But already forgotten is he was posting good numbers with a healthy Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. Both will be playing in this game. And uh, the Cowboys have allowed multiple touchdown passes in five straight games and nine of 12 overall. They Very good chance they're without uh, their best cornerback, Orlando Skandrick, here. Mm-hmm. So... I'm liking Eli in a revenge game against the world. <laughs> uh, Blaine Gabbert goes up against Tennessee. Get this. You may not realize how capable Blaine Gabbert's been. Six touchdowns over the last three games. We'll take two touchdowns yeah. per game average. Yeah. And now he gets his easiest matchup yet. A bottom-ranked, uh, well, bottom-ten-ranked Titans pass defense giving up the third-most passing touchdowns in the NFL. If he throws... 65 fewer yards than Tom Savage did against the Titans last week. Blaine Gabbert will still have a 300-yard passing game. Let's go to the running back position. Scott. 
All right, I'm going a little deeper with this one at least. Uh, I'm going with Corey Clement against the Titans. Love it. Uh, these the, these uh, Eagles running backs are hard to to deal with, but last week Clement did have 28 uh, snaps. He plays in the hurry up and the two minute drill offense, and in what I think is going to be a fast paced, high scoring game. Yeah. And Blunt doesn't get red zone touches no, anymore. Oddly enough, Clement has six red zone carries over the last four weeks, scoring on three of them. So against a Rams defense that has allowed the most rushing yards, the second most touchdowns, and 4.7 yards per carry, yeah, I think Clement's baby. sneaky there. I think the Eagles would love to win this one on the ground. Let's go to Brian. I'm going to go Detroit's Teon Green at Tampa Bay. Uh, Green was more than serviceable last week against Baltimore, who was ranked 8th against the run by Football Outsiders. Tampa Bay is ranked 22nd. They are just tired and tattered on many levels at this point. They after are. Their week one bye. Yeah. Uh, over the last five weeks, the Bucks are allowing 4.9 yards per carry and six total running back touchdowns. Amir Abdullah might make his return from a neck injury, but it doesn't really matter. He's just awful. And uh, Green has 20 pounds on Abdullah, so he will get the goal line work, I think. So good matchup for Green. We don't even know if Abdullah's going to play. He no, might be out altogether. Yeah, I know. He won't be. Yeah. Uh, Rod Smith goes up against the Giants. And get this, Rod Smith's actually out-snapped Alfred Morris in three out of the last four games. And he's your receiving option and change of pace back. Out of the uh, out of the backfield, the Giants have slumped to 31st against the run. Yikes. They're so bad that the starters and the backup running backs against them are posting solid fantasy games. That includes these guys. DeAndre Washington, Matt Breida, Malcolm Brown, Devontae Booker, and Corey Clement all posted meaningful fantasy games as the secondary running backs on their team against the Giants this year. Rod Smith is next. I love how you're just staring me down. <laughs> like, like I haven't accepted. It's the not like you're wearing a giant side uh, shirt right now. Hey, you are wearing you, you're wearing the blue. Uh, let's go to the receiver slash tight end position, Scott. I'm going with uh, the tight end to your quarterback, Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. I said a few weeks ago that if he becomes a thing with Gabbert, look at his playoff schedule because he plays the Titans this week. Yep. Washington, then the Giants. All terrible all, against yep, tight ends. All teams that struggle. Yep. Seals Jones, 40 yards in three straight. At least five targets in three straight. Second on the team in target be, behind Fitzgerald. And the Titans have allowed 75 more yards or more to the last two tight ends they played. Two tight end touchdowns in the last three weeks. Wow. All right. The Rams. Brian. I'm going to go Jacksonville's D.D. Westbrook at home against the Seahawks. Uh, Westbrook has target totals of 9 and 10 over the last two weeks with six catches in both games. He lines up all over the field, so he should find favorable matchups against Seattle's decimated secondary. And the very comparable Nelson Aguilar just torched the Seahawks last week, so Westbrook could be in, in line for a sneaky big game here. I keep thinking the Seattle secondary is going to get torched. It hasn't happened yet. Maybe this is going to be the game, but I don't know if I, I necessarily trust Blake Bortles to produce that game. Oh, after we'll his 300-yard performance, perhaps uh, Matt Harris. Uh, uh, Corey Coleman is my selection of wide receiver. This is the Browns receiver who last week had zero targets, but fear not. Josh Gordon has put it, has made himself such a target for the Green Bay Packers that they will roll extra coverage to Josh Gordon, leaving Coleman with single coverage all day, a luxury he does not normally get. And the Packers secondary... Awful to begin with, and now utterly decimated by injury. I think they had six guys on the injury report on Thursday. (laughs) They just put their first-round rookie cornerback, Kevin King, on IR. Devon House is doubtful. He's almost certainly not going to go. Somebody who I was not even familiar with named Dimitri Goodson also ruled out of this game. 
Sinekin told me in the hallway who they're starting at cornerback, and I hadn't heard of one of the two. And then they're going to roll safety Morgan Burnett in as their cover slot corner. It's a disaster in the Green Bay secondary. Everybody's rolling. Everybody's rolling. Josh Gordon, I am too. Corey Coleman is sitting on maybe even a better opportunity. I like it. We'll find out. All right. Let's get back to the matchups. Scott, 49ers taking on the Texans. We already talked about Jimmy Garoppolo, and we're in agreement there. Mm-hmm. Who else do you like? I love Goodwin this week. I do, too. I love him so much. I gave him an A grade this week. All right, baby. He's, he's averaging a league-most 19.3 yards per catch. Mm-hmm. The Texans have allowed a league-worst 12 receptions over 40 yards. Here's one I didn't tell you earlier in the week. In the last five weeks, they've allowed nine completions over 20 yards. Six of those went for touchdowns. Wow. That's Goodwin's game. <laughs> I love him this week. Uh, Trent Taylor. This is uh, kind of hunchy, but there's good data behind it. Okay. Uh, he's the slot receiver for the 49ers. He's the slot receiver for the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo came from New England where they use the slot a lot. Shanahan came from Atlanta last year where they had over 100 catches to the slot between Sanu and Hardy, and there was a really nice stretch from Taylor Gabriel there. Mm-hmm. Uh I think uh, I think that they might uh, Shanahan might pun completely intended here yeah. tailor this offense a little bit to Jimmy Garoppolo and that's why Trent Taylor had six catches for ninety plus yards last week. All right, so I'm giving him a C grade. I like it. I'm giving Hyde a B grade. Uh, you know his his yards per carry has been under three point five in six of the last eight games, and his receiving game five point nine yards per reception. That's the worst among qualified running backs. And he's top five in carries inside the ten, and just two just two games he scored, just four wow. touchdowns in two games. How about that? But uh, the Texans, who were good against the running back, uh, they've led up three hundred yards and three touchdowns in the last two games. And Hyde gets nineteen touches a game. I think he could get there on volume. I'm still going to give him a B. He's mm-hmm. producing, so I'm going to give him a B there. Over to the Texans side. I'm benching Tommy Savage. I know he had 300 plus yards last week, but he's he only has five touchdowns in his six starts. Yeah, tough. Uh, well, that's well, not really a tougher matchup, but yeah, all right, yeah. But uh, Hopkins gets an A grade. It's just obvious. I, I don't think I need to go into that. He no. gets peppered with targets. Uh, what about Will Fuller? First Will, came back in a month. I know Will Fuller. When we were talking, by the way, as a quick side note, we were talking like three weeks ago. One of the five tough questions was, should I just drop Will Fuller? Mm-hmm. It was probably a month ago. Like, yeah, because the only time you might start him the rest of the year, if he comes back in time, would be the 49er game. And here it is. So? (laughs) And here it is. Uh, 49ers are kind of middle of the pack, but uh, I'm actually benching Will Fuller this week. First game back. Mm -hmm. And in these two games with Tom Savage, four catches for 47 yards combined. Isn't that really the worry that Savage can't feed more than one wide receiver? Exactly. And honestly, if Will Fuller was out, I was going to give Steven Anderson a C grade. He moves down to a bench. No tight end over 35 yards since week seven against the 49ers. Uh, they'd have allowed some touchdowns recently, but now with Will Fuller, I don't know that he'll get the same targets. That's the worry, right? Yeah. 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 Lamar Miller, A grade. I mean, they have really leaned on him recently. 49ers allow the most receptions, receiving yards, and fifth most rushing yards to running backs. Lamar Miller over the last three games, 25 touches per game, and he scored twice. So just on sheer volume and a great matchup, A grade for Lamar Miller. Brian, Russell Wilson has powered teams into the fantasy playoffs. Now he faces the number one pass defense in yards allowed, the number one pass defense in passing touchdowns allowed, what do you do? 
you got to start him, but uh, he just gets a B. Um, but hey, Blaine Gabbard had 240 plus yards and two passing touchdowns against Jacksonville recently, so you got to hope Wilson could at least do that. He does uh, have wheels, as we all know, comparable running quarterbacks like Marcus Mariota and Jacoby Brissett have fared well on the ground. Brissett had 11 carries for 67 yards across two games against Jacksonville, so Russell could do that in one. Uh, let's go over to his pass catchers. Jimmy Graham, the red zone machine, mm-hmm. only gets a C this week. Opposing tight ends have only seen three red zone targets against the Jaguars. Uh, Jimmy Graham is not every opposing tight end, but... You got to be a little worried about him here. Jacksonville has only allowed one opposing tight end to catch four passes four times this year, and only one opposing tight end has topped four catches all season long. So this is not a great matchup for Graham, but a must start as always. Doug Baldwin, uh, I'm not going to say a must start, but he is a start. I'm going to give him a C. Just based on what T.Y. Hilton did against the yeah. Jaguars last week. <laughs> uh, not loving the matchup. Jalen Ramsey will likely travel with Baldwin to the slot. But like I said, T.Y. Hilton had a good game. Even Jerron Brown, top 50-yard 50 yards and scored against Jacksonville from the slot. So we'll give Baldwin a C here, uh, as will uh, we, we'll give Mike Davis a C running back. He looks to be the guy. I think he should get a C here. Yeah, he, he does. Mm-hmm. 20 touches. I have no problem with that. For over 100 yards in a tough matchup against Philly last week. Uh, the Jags and this were, is an easier matchup. It, it is, but the, Jag, the, the Jaguars have been tougher against the run since acquiring Marcel Darius. A lot tougher. Allowing just 3.38 yards per carry over the last five games and uh, no touchdowns to running backs over the last three. But uh, four different running backs have topped four catches in the past five weeks, and Davis did catch four passes last week, I believe. So he does look like a three-down back. So he I is. He was see. coming out of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, over to Jacksonville, Leonard Fournette, just a B in a bad matchup. Averaging under three yards per carry since returning from his ankle injury, Seattle is allowing less than 76 rushing yards per game, but they have surrendered six touchdowns to running backs over the last six weeks. So Fournette will get the volume. He gets a, a B here. Uh, Marquise Lee, close to a B for me. I'm going to give him a C to err on the side of caution here. Averaging nine targets over the last seven weeks, and that's easily startable volume with no Richard Sherman or Cam Chancellor. Would you say that's a C plus? Yeah. No, he would not. Yeah. No, he would not say that's a C plus. C positive sign. Uh, Philly's boundary receivers totaled 10 catches and 100 plus yards against Seattle last week, so there should be enough for Marquise Lee to uh, produce here. I do have Keelan Cole on the bench, though. I just I can't trust him in a week 14 scenario. I see Jacksonville sacrificing him to Shaquille Griffin's side of the field more often than not. D.D. Westbrook was my take-a-chance me wide receiver. I like his prospects a little more. And if you are really, really desperate for a tight end, Mercedes Lewis could be in play. Uh, has only Ooh. seen at least five targets four times this year. But when he sees that much volume, he's been very productive. And Seattle has allowed the fourth most targets to tight ends. And over the last five weeks, opposing tight ends are averaging five catches and 50 yards. So That might be, this might be the time. Really? There's, hey, look, there's a lot of Gronk owners that are yeah. trying to find a yeah. solution this week. No doubt. Maybe, uh, it's, maybe it's him. And then Blake Bortles. Still on the bench, but good call by Matt Harrison last week uh, with the take a chance on me uh, on Blake. But that, bench that worked out well. Yep. Uh, when we come back, Raiders and Chiefs. Chiefs will be without Marcus Peters. This is the worst secondary in football. How can you exploit it? We'll tell you when we come back. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on the Fan. Football Weekly on the Fan. Scott Fish, Brian Johnson, I am Paul Charchian. It's the playoffs. Ready to get you a win, even if you started Alvin Kamara. 
it's almost worse in a way if you started a different underperformer from that game because mm-hmm. at least Camara, you can you can always tell you yourself you can spend it. yeah six months eight months telling yourself. Well, you know, he got knocked out in the first drive, which, by the way, looked brilliant on the first drive. And, you know, had that game played out, A, the Saints would have won the game, and he probably would have sat on, what, at least 100 total yards. He had 26 yards on the first drive. I think he was the leading fantasy scorer for the Saints until, like, the third quarter. He probably was. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, Kamara was sitting on a huge game. Raiders take on the Chiefs. Without Marcus Peters on the field, the Kansas City secondary, which was already brutal, is the worst in the NFL. They'll be forced to start... Steven Nelson, who they had just benched for, Delroy Rivas, who they benched last week <laughs> at halftime because he was so bad, and now they're both starting. Unreal. It's an unbelievable turn of events here, and it means there's A grades all over the place for Oakland in this game. Derek Carr, 417 passing yards and three touchdowns in the last meeting, and that's when they had Marcus Peters in their secondary. Chiefs ranked 28th in passing yards allowed with Peters. Regardless of whether Amari Cooper plays or does not, Carr is an A grade. And Michael Crabtree, for sure A grade. He's back from his suspension. I love his prospects no matter what. They're even higher if Cooper doesn't go. He's an A grade. Staying with the receivers, Amari Cooper's a B grade only because if he's playing, it means he's playing through a high ankle sprain. And the re-injury rate on that is extremely high, and I'm nervous about him. If he were healthy, he'd be a lock A, but I'm giving him a B. Cordero Patterson, B grade here because I don't... B grade if Cooper doesn't go. Patterson, 95 yards last week. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold it. 95 yards last week. That peacock is hiding. I can't find the peacock. Help, thank you. Thank you. As my take a chance of me receiver in place of Crabtree last week, Peters, Cordero might be an A grade if Cooper's ruled out of this game. And then, staying with the passing game, Jared Cook. <sighs> it pained me to give him a C grade, but I'm doing it. He's been brutal for a month, and he should have crushed the Giants last week, and he didn't. He went for 107 yards against Kansas City last time they played. So I got, I'm giving him a, a cautious C grade here for Jared Cook as well. Now, Let's go to Marshawn Lynch. Since his suspension, averaging 73 rushing yards and a touchdown per game, and this is a Chiefs defense that has allowed the third most rushing yards, the seventh most rushing touchdown over the touchdowns over the last seven weeks. This might be his best matchup of the year. A grade to Marshawn Lynch as well. I'm passing out A grades like wow. I'm an... I'm not going to say that. <laughs> just going to get myself into trouble. Kansas City side of this matchup. Travis Kelsey is an an obvious A. Uh, Since these teams met in Week 7, Oakland has allowed six catches and 79 yards per game to tight ends. He's an A. Alex Smith is a B. He blew up the Raiders for 342 yards and three touchdowns in that Thursday night meeting they had earlier in the year. Only Geno Smith has failed to throw for 300-plus yards and or multiple touchdowns against Oakland since that Thursday night game. I think the Raiders score plenty of points, and Alex Smith has to throw his way to uh, to potential victory for the Chiefs. Why don't you fire up that peacock one more time for my Alex Smith call last week? I might take a chance on the quarterback. <laughs> I would if I could. I can't find the button bar in this. I hear this. him. There he is. Yeah, he's there's, on the roof like he was at the Shells Brewery. I like that. He was on the roof at the Shells Brewery. Uh, Fantasy Football Weekly. Now look at this. I can do it myself. We're back in business. 
I don't have to rely on Tony actually listening to the show. <laughs> it's a that's, lot of work. That's a positive for everybody. Tyreek Hill. Oakland struggled against speedy, big play receivers. They've allowed 100-yard days to Brandon Cooks, Mike Wallace, and Tyreek Hill. Last time they played. Prior to facing Geno Smith last week, the Raiders had allowed a touchdown to wide receivers in five straight games. I have him as a B grade, but the more that I'm talking, I'm talking myself into an A grade it's right now for, Ty- for Tyreek Hill. Great he is. He's road. been way better on the road than the whole, actually the whole Chiefs offense has yes. been better on the road than at home. And last year. So that brings us to Kareem Hunt. I've got a C grade. Raiders run defense has been solid all year, but has really improved over the last four weeks when no back has topped 69 yards. Only one has scored in the last month. And it's a it's going to be a pass-happy game script, working against Hunt and his carries in this one. Just a C grade for Kareem Hunt. Week three, Paul Charchi and his guy's jaw dropped right now. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, it, I really do. I mean, I, I really thought that Kareem... And I still think Kareem Hunt is a great talent <laughs> in an offense that can't find ways to utilize him correctly. Charkandrick West is making his return, too. That's going to take some uh, third take down a few. Work. That'll take a little... Yeah, take a few pass receptions away from Hunt. Packers take on the Browns. Scott, I already alluded to the fact that the Packers' secondary is an utter and complete mess. Corey Coleman was my take-a-chance-on-me wide receiver. Who else do you... Uh, well, let's, you can start whichever side of this you want. You want? Uh, I'll start with the Browns. That's right, fine. I'll start with the Browns. All right, who else do you... Josh Gordon's an A grade, right? Yeah, yeah yep. for sure. I got an A grade on him. I, I actually really like the Brown, a lot of Browns this week. I have starting grades on several players. Uh, I have a B grade on Kaiser, even though he's very inaccurate. The Green Bay's allowing the sixth most passing yards, and as you mentioned, the secondary is just completely depleted. Th- two of his best three passing outings came in the last three weeks, and he's got three rushing touchdowns in the last five. A league most five quarterback rushing touchdowns this season. He's making points on the ground, too. I think the Browns win the game. I'm not worried about... Yeah, yeah, I can see this being their first win. I'm not worried about uh, the 15-mile-an-hour wins either. Right no, now, so. that's not a concern. Gordon, A-grade, uh, for what you just said, and Hayward shadowed him all 20 outside routes and said it was the best wide receiver he played, including OBJ and all those guys. So, mm-hmm. Gordon, A-grade. Coleman was your take on Yep. Duke Johnson, I actually really like this week, too, with a B grade. I think that those two wide receivers can clear out the middle for Duke Johnson. And no team over the last month is allowing more receptions or receiving yards to running backs than Green Bay. Mm. Enter Duke right. Johnson. I like it. Who just came off a five-game stretch of six targets per game and five catches per game before last week. All right. Uh, Crowell, I'm still giving a C grade, too, just barely, just really hesitantly because I don't think he's very good. But he do he does have two 90-yard games in the last couple games and a couple clunkers. But the last three starting running backs against Green Bay had 95 yards or scored. So mm. I think there's some potential there. Najoku, also a C grade. Green Bay has allowed three tight end touchdowns in the last two weeks. And over the last two weeks, Najoku, four catches and at least 45 yards in each of them. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's starting to step up. That offense, with all those draft picks next year, could be... Could be really interesting. We're going to talk more about that offense coming up next segment. Next oh, boy. Year's, next year's version coming oh, up next segment. Teasers, teasers. Mm-hmm. All right, over the Packers. I'm benching Brett Hundley. He was terrible in what I thought was a great matchup against the Bucks. And uh, despite the Browns allowing multiple touchdowns in nine games to quarterbacks, Hundley has just five passing touchdowns in the last seven games. And three of those were against Pittsburgh. No thanks. No thanks. Uh, Nelson without Rodgers is also a bench. Just can't do it. Kendricks at tight end, I'm benching. It's a great matchup. I feel it's worth mentioning. It's a great matchup, but Green Bay doesn't utilize the tight no, end. No. So 
Uh, Adams, I'm giving him a C grade because he gets so many targets. He gets eight plus targets per game over the last five with Hunley in. Only a C grade. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's got a he's got a couple double digit targets, but McCordy hasn't allowed a touchdown since New Hopkins in Week Six. Wow. And just one wide receiver got over 45 yards since Week Two. I just I see the Packers. Ha- as strange as it sounds, better? I see the Packers having to keep up with the Browns. No, man, that's so weird. Game. Yeah, that's that is weird. But Maybe yeah, I'm reading this. I, thing I'm all still wrong. giving Adams a C. I'm giving Cobb a C too because I think that that's where the yards are going to come. Adams and Cobb. So uh, he's averaged four for 50, four catches for fifty yards over the last four games. And slot receivers have scored four touchdowns in the last five games mm. against the Browns. So. I think there's opportunity there. Thielen and Tate and Keenan Allen had, all had really good games. There, there could be some points there. All right. The running game, I, I'm so mad at this. With uh, them putting Aaron Jones back atop the, the, the depth chart this week. That's, I think there's but some smoke screen to that. I, but. I do, too. Uh, my gut says that they're going to be cautious with Jones' knee, even though they gave him a touch. And I'm giving Williams a B grade. I'm still benching Jones. The Browns were really good against the run earlier in the season, but the last four weeks they've allowed a couple scores and a couple hundred-yard games. Still good, though. Yeah, they're still good, though. But McCarthy does tend to, tend to lean on one guy mm-hmm. in the running game, so I, I'll, I'll give Williams a B still. Uh, Lions take on the Bucks. Buccaneers team just ravaged with injury all throughout, but can the Lions take advantage with Matthew Stafford's hand looking like a pomegranate? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. They say he's going to play, so I'm going to. They say he's going to play. I'm going to trust. He got his hand stepped on by like Brandon Williams, who weighs like three hundred nine thousand forty eight pounds. That's a lot. That's a lot. He would be a borderline A play if fully healthy, but I'm going to give him a C here because I'm worried about the hand. But I think you can start him. Tampa Bay ranked thirtieth against the pass, uh, and they allow the second most passing yards per game. 267. As you said, they're ravaged with injuries. Both starting safeties are out. Nickel corner Vernon Hargraves also out. So yep. I'm rolling Stafford out there, uh, primarily because of Marvin Jones, who I'm giving an A. One of my preseason sleepers this year and is now one of four wide receivers with at least 800 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, quarterback, a little bit of a concern with Stafford's hand, but this is a great matchup for Jones. Tampa Bay is allowing more than 195 yards per game to wide receivers, 86-plus yep. yards to number ones. So love Jones here. Uh, I don't love Golden Tate as much, but I like him. He gets a B. Uh, has been very quiet the last three games, but those haven't been great matchups. This is a pretty good one, especially with Vernon Hargraves out. I don't even know who the backup slot and, corner yeah, is. Yeah, and Vernon Hargraves was the starting slot corner, yeah, and he's yeah. out for this game. Yeah. That's a great opportunity for Golden Tate, who I just I love him this week. Even though he doesn't know how to play football outside that, that we've mentioned many times. But maybe he scores his first outdoor touchdown this, this week. But, yeah, uh, he has not scored an outdoor touchdown since he left Seattle, which is which is, I think, just an oddity than a trend. I think it's just a statistical coincidence. Brandon Cooks was the same for a while yeah. before he went to New England. All right, let's just call it. He scores a touchdown on Sunday. Boom. Done. Uh, Kenny Galladay. Who do you I, like better, Tate or Jones? I got uh, I him like 15 Jones. and 18 at my wide receiver rankings at Fanball. I still like Jones. Jones is just the, the money red zone target to me, so okay. I'm going Jones here. Uh, right. Kenny Galladay, I was close to giving a starting grade in this nice matchup, but mm-hmm. target totals of 3-3, three, 4-3 three, three since returning from injury, just not enough volume right. there for me. Uh, over to the running backs, Teon Green was my take a chance to me running back, and that doesn't matter if Amir Abdullah plays or not. He's likely to play, I hear, but he could not with the neck injury. Uh, but Abdullah is just bad. Keep him on the bench. Uh, Tampa Bay, uh, good matchup, uh, allowing five catches for 41 yards per game to running backs. Uh, Teon Green can catch the ball as well, so I like him here. Uh, over to Tampa Bay, Mike Evans, I'm giving him a B. 
you got to play your studs. I know Darius Slay is likely to shadow him, but Slay is six feet one ninety. Evans is six five two thirty. Uh, yes, only six targets last week, but Jameis Winston only had thirty two pass attempts. Detroit is top twelve in opponent opponent pass attempts per game. Julio Jones had a big game. Kelvin Benjamin had a big game. Antonio Brown had a good game. Devontae Adams had a good game. Mike Wallace had a good game against the Lions. So I'm giving Evans a chance here in Week 14. That's why you drafted him. Now a lot of those guys you mentioned are speed guys. That's why I like Deshaun Jackson. And he doesn't get slay. What do you think of Deshaun Jackson? Uh, boomer bust, but this is looking like a boom week for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lions have allowed the sixth most catches to wide receivers. Seven of the eight touchdowns surrendered to wideouts have gone to non-number ones. Right. So this could be Deshaun Jackson week. He gets a C. It's no, be- really? <laughs> He's my wide receiver 21 at Fanball. Okay. I've got him solidly in B territory. All right. He just can Everything always- you, every word you just uttered about Deshaun Jackson was all reasons to, to, for him to have a big game. Yeah, but Cameron Brait might get a lot of the attention here with uh, Winston back. Brait was brutal with Stu Beard at the helm. Uh, Winston targeted Brait six times last week, which was two less than uh, <laughs> Brait's target total with three games with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. Uh, <laughs> Winston basically had Brait in the top four at tight end through the first seven weeks of the season. Detroit has surrendered the fifth most tight end touchdowns, including four scores in the last three weeks. So I got a B for Cameron Brait. Mm-hmm. Uh, B for Jameis Winston because I like all the pass catchers, basically. So that's a pretty easy grade there. And for the running backs, they're all on the bench. Doug Martin has been cleared from concussion protocol, which is kind of too bad because Peyton Barber looked good. I know. And I d- well, hey, I... I I, I, I think Peyton Barber will uh, have more fantasy points than Doug Martin in this game. I, I, he should if he gets the opportunity, but head coach Dirk Ketter says, quote, he doesn't believe in players losing their role as the result of an injury, so that does not Yeah, well, how about, how about crappy play? <laughs> how about that as a reason to lose your job because Doug Terrible. Martin's averaging 3.2 yards per carry on the season. Well, that's logic that a last-place team just does not have in the locker room, probably. Maybe. Just disappointing. Yeah. Let's take a couple of phone calls. We've had guys on hold for a long time, including, is it Andre or Andreas? It's Anders. Anders, so it's neither. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Uh, Mike Evans or Carlos Hyde? PPR or standard? Uh, Standard. Uh, Probably Hyde. I think he's going to get the volume. All right, that's it. Okay, well, that was easy. Thank you. Uh, Aaron, hello. Hey, how's it going? I got two quick questions. First one, uh, I got to pick two running backs out of the five, and it's a PPR league. It's Howard, Hyde, Burkhead, Collins, and Bernard. I can take two of those. Who would you prefer? I think Gio, you got to start this week as the only yep. healthy Bengal running back. You got to start. How do you not start Burkhead at this point? Tough, yeah, you kind of have to. I, I'm kinda He's my number there. 10 running back yeah, this I, week. I, I was close between Burkhead and Hyde, but I'll, I'll lean Burkhead. I'm with you. So I would say, yeah, Burkhead and uh, I already forget who the first one was. Oh, yeah, Gio. Gio. My number 10 and number 12 running backs hmm. this week. Thank you for the call. So we're getting another one. Hi, Colin. Hi. Um, all the way from Indiana here, we're looking for a little oh. bit of help because I'm trailing in points from Freeman versus Kamara. How did you find us, Colin? Uh, actually, I found you a long time ago when my son was in the NICU four years ago. Just look, just going on podcasts, and I ended up stumbling nice. upon you guys. Outstanding. Thank you for calling in. And which um, part Which part of Indianapolis? Uh, I'm actually from Fort Wayne in Indiana. Fort Wayne. Got it. All right. Thank you. Sorry. Go ahead with your question. Oh, um, so I'm trailing, like I said, from Freeman and Kamara. Okay. Um. My opponent is playing 
Russell Wilson? Do I try to block with Doug Baldwin to kind of hinder the points or stick with no. Marquise Goodwin and Shepard? You don't, when you're losing, you don't want to block. I mean, if you're telling me, and I'm a little unclear which side of this you're on, but I'm assuming that you played against Kamarin Freeman, right? No, I had Kamara. You had Kamara and Freeman. And so, I mean, Freeman, I thought Freeman had a good game. Yeah, no, no, he had Freeman. I'm sorry. Oh, he had Freeman and you had Kamara? Okay. Yes. All right. Now it's starting to make him. All right. So you're if you're behind, you don't want you do not want to match your guys up against your opponent's guys because now you're both moving up at the same rate. Yeah, and Goodwin's has got a much higher ceiling this yeah, week. Too, Goodwin's got a bonkers ceiling. Right. I mean, it, you know, if you need to catch up, Goodwin could have two touchdowns, two long touchdowns mm-hmm. in him. In a very favorable matchup, so Colin, that's that's what so I would Goodwin do. And Sh- Good, Goodwin and Shepard, then. Yes. All right. Thank yep. you, guys. Thanks, All Colin. Right. Appreciate it. I mean, you want no upside, Baldwin. I mean, you know, great player, but brutal matchup. matchup. I mean, yeah. I'm sure no receiver has scored two touchdowns in a game against the Jags all year. In fact, I think they've only, only given a four or four all year yeah. to the wide receiver position. You know, no upside there at all. Uh, when we come back. Five hot questions for our panel of experts. You can play along. See if you can go 5-0 and oh with Brian and Scott when we come back. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Thanks to our decade-long sponsor, Grain Bell Premium, the official beer of fantasy football. In the winter, my tastes skew a little darker. Go for more of the ales, the heavier stuff. I like Northeast right here. I like a lot of the Shell stuff. The fire brick, the Shell's dark. Mm. Many thanks to our friends at the brewery, Sean Ryan. By the way, don't forget to play the Crush Charge Challenge at GrainBelt.com. And I don't play the Thursday guys at all, so you don't have to worry about... Me having played Mohamed Sanu or somebody else like that, you can uh, just get up and running right now. It's free. Well, um, everyone, think, everyone probably played Kamara against you, though, right? So, they may have. I mean, pretty. yeah, they're, they're probably in trouble <laughs> a little bit. Um, many thanks to our friends at the brewery, Sean Ryan, Lee Wendinger, along with the owners, Ted and Jody Marty. And many thanks to Dave Wilson, the manager at Manny's Steakhouse, where we have our big January winner's banquet, which is now less than one month away. Can't wait for that. Your chance for the $2,000 grand prize. We're crashing that, by Grain the way. I'm so excited. We're just, we're just yeah, go for it. Yeah. You just happen to be oh, there yeah. <laughs> that night. I like it. Oh, hey, Charles. Your Week 13 winner, joining me at Manny's, Scott Rich. Oh, so close. Even I can't screw that one up. <laughs> Scott Rich, you're going to be there. I think I, I know like that it. guy on Twitter. There's you know my, Scott Rich? I finally, I'm a plus one, if that's you, Scott. That's the, you'll be the plus one. Yeah, man, let's I like that. Let's hang. Devani's hot question number one. Do we sabotage drop every single Broncos player? Scott. I wish I could, but I was not interested in any Broncos players to start the season, so I don't have any to sabotage drop. But if you're listening, I would. I mean, the Colts and Washington are not just not terrible matchups. The they're they're decent. The Colts matchup is actually pretty decent for wide receivers. I after the last couple of weeks of watching this quarterback play and them just producing nothing, I'm out on every Bronco, especially with the running back split. So you're a yes. Yes. I'm okay. drop them all. All right. Go for Brian. it. 
I can't drop Demarius Thomas. You can't uh, quit him. It's the volume is there, and if you own him, you live in this bizarre universe where you're rooting for a Brick Osweiler to regain the starting job. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Bottom line is at Indy next week. I would at least contemplate starting him at Indy, so I'm not going to sabotage drop Demarius Thomas. That's the point because the other guy will. I know, but he could have a good game. You might be. That is out. the whole point of the sabotage drop. Is you're t- trying to entice somebody to make a bad a bad pickup. This is a so it's a neutral matchup this week against the Jets. Can we agree that Broncos have a neutral sure. matchup broadly against the Jets? Sure. Trevor Simeon is my quarterback thirty. Thomas and Sanders are wide receiver thirty four and forty. Anderson and Booker are forty eight and fifty three. So now they get a more favorable matchup next week against the Colts, which might be the only time you would play them. But how much does it bump them up from those awful rankings? They'd have to be so much better against Indianapolis that you're going to be comfortable starting them with this offense. Even kicker Brandon McNan- McManus has been a wreck for three weeks. He has scored 10 total points over three weeks. That's it. There's nobody to start. And yes, you sabotage drop every single Bronco and you let other losers pick them up. You just mentioned Brandon McManus. In I a- did. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon McManus. In case there was somebody out there who was like, "Well, I don't want to drop this kicker who's got by the way, two of the two the next two of the next the, the next two games after this are on the road as well. Cold potentially cold weather games as well, including New York. Uh, well, New York's this week. Including yeah. uh no, Indy's in so I was Washington. And whatever. Either the way, next you don't want anybody. Yep. Yeah, let's Let's move on. We've been hot question number two. Should teams in the consolation bracket of your fantasy league be allowed to make waiver wire moves? I've had this one on Twitter multiple times over the course of this week. This is easy. Brian. Well, if there's a prize for the consolation bracket, probably, but let's go under the, the notion that there is not, because usually there's not. So the answer is no. Odds are there's going to be collusive intent by anyone adding or dropping players, either adding players to help out a buddy block uh, an enemy in the league, or you're dropping players to help out a friend in the playoffs, and you're probably agreeing to, you know, share in the profits. So I'm just, no, 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 no. I'm kind of the opposite. In Dynasty, always yes. Well, yes. This uh, is redraft. In redraft, redraft, if there's a prize, yes. If there's any kind of draft implication by it, Yes, and if there's no implications, I feel I have a competitive spirit. I think a lot of owners do. I, I think they should be allowed. Plus, if if you're a team in the playoffs, you've been fighting 11 other guys for waivers every week. I don't see why that should change for the playoffs. I'd say in most leagues, yes, they should. Now, if they're completely knocked out and not in it at all, maybe take those guys out. If you're in the consolation bracket, you have something to play for. I don't care if it's money. I don't care if it's a little bit of money. I don't care if it's a lot of money. Right. It's pride. It's integrity. You have something to play for. Therefore, you want to put the best team together that you can. Good owners should always be trying to make their team as competitive as possible for as long as there's any reason to win. Any reason, including my personal integrity as an owner. Collusion. How often is there actually collusion? Where you have you have two players who conspire. Almost never does All that actually happen. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely People don't set not. Their lineups in the consolation bracket. Yes, they do, and I care. The I don't want to be dead don't. last. I don't want to be dead. And by the way, a lot of leagues have got a penalty for the last place team. You don't want that either. You have something to play for always, whether it's monetary or not, is not even a matter of question for the. 
Giovanni's hot question number three. At next year's draft, in which round should fantasy owners draft? Josh Gordon, Scott. First round. No, <laughs> I I love Josh Gordon, but I don't think that's terrible. I I think he's definitely a third rounder. I don't. I think he's as good as some of the guys last year that were in the third round, like Pryor and Demarius. And I think he might even be better than those. So I'd feel super comfortable in the third. I might even reach in the second. I'm a big fan. What, of what, what is Browns your answer? I'm gonna go with the second okay. because I, I right. feel confident. In okay. It. Uh. uh there's obvious concern with Josh Gordon. I'm rooting for him to keep his nose clean, uh, like most people are. I think you're reaching in the second. Mm-hmm. I would say more the third. I'd be more comfortable in the fourth. There is other blue chip talent on that team now, in you know, yeah. Joku and Corey Coleman. And quarterback will be a question mark. Not that a rookie will be any worse than Deshaun Kaiser is, but you're probably looking at a rookie or Deshaun Kaiser. So I would be, err on the side of caution again and go fourth round with Gordon, where you probably won't get him. But. Uh, I should have yeah. said third. Go for it. What What is your final answer? Third, I'm very, very comfortable. All right. Uh, this is a Browns team. By the way, Josh, don't. if you hear reports that Josh Gordon's an res- unrestricted free agent, not true. He is a re- he will be a Brown, member of the Browns next season, unless they trade him. Uh, he will be a member of the Browns. His quarterback will be UCLA Sam Rosen or Louisville's Lamar Jackson or maybe USC Sam Darnold, although I think Darnold slipped pretty far in this draft, so I don't think he'll be the first overall player taken. The winless Browns have the first gonna have the first pick of the draft, and they mm-hmm. well, winless for now. Yeah. Packers. Tell next week. Um and you know, it, it's going to be hard to screw this thing up so badly that they don't have a much better quarterback than Deshaun Kaiser under helm. So if they're rookie quarterback, let's say they're rookie quarterback, whether it's Rosen or Jackson. If he can just put together a modest 20 touchdown season, I don't need him to be Deshaun Watson, right? Who was, you know, on his way to like a 40 touchdown season. Let's just say he can get to a 20 touchdown season. Josh Gordon could easily have eight of those, mm-hmm. nine of those, maybe 10 of those 20 if he maybe it gets a little more than 20. Right now, eight touchdowns on the season would have you tied for A.J. Green with A.J. Green at fourth most, uh, third most. Nine touchdowns right now, you'd be tied with Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins for the most in the league. So eight, nine touchdowns, That's that makes Josh Gordon very viable here. If he's, I, I'm not taking him over Antonio Brown. I'm not taking Josh Gordon over DeAndre Hopkins. But he's going to go. If you want him, you're going to have to take him in the second round. Devani's hot question number four. In next year's draft, in which round should fantasy owners draft? Amari Cooper, Brian. No round. And by that, I mean just don't draft him. He will get drafted probably fifth, sixth, seventh round. People will forget how uh, much of a landmine he is uh, week in and week out. But he has basically like four or five really big games in his career that have given him good baseline numbers. But they're just too unpredictable, and uh, I don't feel good about having him in my lineup any week. So uh, I'm just going to say no round. Okay. Wow, he's so young though. He's still just he's still just going to be 24 at the start of next season. He's still young, an incredible route runner. I'm going to go with the fourth round is where, about where I feel comfortable. Um, I think he turns around, and I think this Oakland offense honestly is having a bit of a weird, wonky season. I think they're going to be a lot better next year. So I'm going fourth round for Mari Cooper. Fantasy footballers are a very reflexive group that can't see past what happened the previous year, and. Everybody's going to be way down in Cooper. I think most experts are going to rank him in the like the low twenties in their rankings. Apparently, Brian will have him at wide receiver one hundred twenty. Um, right now, he's got about half as many yards and catches as he had last year. 
he could easily return to last year's number when he was just a sophomore with 1,150 yards, and he could easily expand on that in his contract year. So next year, you're not going to have to take him this early, but you should reach around and take Amari Cooper in the fifth round. Devani's hot question number five. At next year's draft, in which round should fantasy owners draft? Julio Jones. Scott. I'm going second round on this one. Uh, I think that he's going to just wrap around the corner. I still I still love him. Uh, I think that it's just going to be a factor of other wide receivers popping up. Um, Keenan Allen's going to move from the second round to the first round, I think. Uh, that you're going to get some of those big running backs that have been amazing this year, jumping into the first round Mm -hmm. that weren't last year. So I think Julio is going to fall just around the corner, maybe in that 13, 14, 15 range. All right. Yeah, I'm going second round too. Uh, He is second in receiving yards behind Antonio Brown, one of nine wide receivers with at least 90 catches. He's posted double-digit PPR points in every game but two, the Vikings game when Rhodes closed and uh, the Buffalo game when he left with injury. The one rub is the three touchdowns on the season, but he is one of 15 wide receivers with at least 12 red zone targets so far. So hopefully that uh, continues next year. So I'm not giving up on Julio, but not taking him in the first anymore. It's the second round. Uh, This preseason, I had to defend my low rankings on Julio Jones at wide receiver four or five. Um, He'll be lower next year than four and five, I believe. Uh, I've... I'm sick of the inconsistency. I'm sick of the injury reports, although this year he has not been nearly as dinged up. But the past two seasons, constantly game-time decision, constantly questionable. He's out of the first round for me. I hope, hopefully they'll bring in a new off and better offensive coordinator. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Second round feels right to me, but I'm not taking him at the top of the second round. I'd have to be sitting at the, end, the end of the second round okay. before I'm taking him. The correct answer does, though, remain second round. Let's uh, dive into some matchups. Vikings taking on the Panthers. Let's start with the Vikings side. A grades around the passing offense here. Well, specifically to Adam Thielen. He goes up against former teammate Captain Munnerlin, who's just been roasted by slot receivers over the past month, giving up a monster game to Jermaine Curse, who was like a buck thirty in a touchdown. A touchdown to Jarvis Landry, a touchdown to Mohamed Sanu. Half of the Panthers wide receiver touchdowns allowed this year have gone through. The slot position. Adam Thielen, A grade. Stefan Diggs. I've got a B, C, B, C, uh, let's call it a C grade. I'm going to call it a C grade. Sounds like a C plus. It's not a C plus because we <laughs> don't do pluses and minuses on this show. Panthers cornerback James Bradbury has been hit pretty par- hard over the last month. He's allowed big games to Julio Jones and Kenny Stills and Robbie Anderson. But Diggs hasn't caught more than five balls or topped 100 yards since week three. And that part worries me. We have not had the big game. Maybe this is going to be it. The opportunity might be there, but I'm not sure it is either. Staying with the passing game, Cal Rudolph, also a C-grade. Panthers have allowed the fewest yards in the league to tight ends, just 34 per game. They've allowed a modest five tight end touchdowns, though. No tight end has more red zone receptions than Rudolph. Not end zone receptions, that's Jimmy Graham. But red zone receptions, it's Rudolph. So, I like him enough to give him a C here, but this is a a tough matchup against a good group of linebackers. Staying with the passing game, Case Keenum. At this point, I think even doubters would have to concede that Case Keenum is a quality quarterback. And quality quarterbacks have beaten the Panthers all season. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Jay Cutler, Josh McCown, 
all strong fantasy games against Carolina this year. Case has thrown multiple touchdowns in four of the last five games. He's topped 280 yards in four of the last five games. B grade for him. I've got both of the Vikings running backs as C grades. The Panthers have the fourth-ranked run defense and have consistently held down some of the game's better power backs, like LeGarrette Blunt, 67 yards. Jordan Howard, 65 yards. I think Murray's going to be in that range, that 60-ish yard range, but if there are any goal line attempts, he will get those. Jarek McKinnon, I also mentioned he is a C grade because Carolina struggled with speedy utility backs like McKinnon. Uh, New Orleans backs just combined for 11 catches last week. Carlos Hyde, Shady McCoy, James White all had six-plus receptions against the Panthers. McKinnon hasn't topped three and a half yards per carry on the ground in six weeks, but I think he retains his value because of what he brings to the passing game and his handful of carries. He'll probably finish in the neighborhood of 50 total yards and enough receptions to make him PPR viable. Let's go to the Carolina side where it's all bad news here. Cam Newton, just a C grade. The Vikings have played four straight strong passers. Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan. Those four quarterbacks, all better passers than Cam Newton this year. Three touchdowns combined. That's it. Just 243 yards combined. And here comes Cam Newton, an erratic passer already. He's been held under 185 yards in four of his last five games. When he faced the Vikings last year, scored no times, picked off three times. His only good receiver, Devin Funches, gets blanketed by Xavier Rhodes. So I don't know that he gets, I don't know that I, who does he, how does, where do the passing yards come from? Is it Greg Olson on one foot? It's not Funches because he's got Rhodes. Is it Russell Shepard going to be the guy that leads him to fantasy victory this week? I don't think so. If you think that Cam's just simply going to run his way, to a big fantasy game, he's averaging 61 rushing yards per game over the last seven games. The Vikings give up an amazing four quarterback rushing yards per game. Unreal. Four. That's it. Maybe Cam gets you one on the ground here. That's your best hope is a goal line opportunity because the goal line opportunities may not go to Jonathan Stewart, who I've got on the bench. He's got a foot injury. He's shaping up like a game-time decision. He's averaging 2.9 yards per carry on the season. Totally touchdown dependent, and I think Cam is more likely to steal his touchdown runs. So James Stewart, Jonathan Stewart, excuse me, on the bench. Greg Olson, as I mentioned, playing on one foot. He will start in this game, but it's an unfavorable matchup against a Vikings defense that hasn't allowed a tight end touchdown since week five and just two tight ends over 40 yards all season long. He's on the bench. I mentioned Devin Funches in passing just a C grade here. He gets Xavier Rhodes. Uh, Funches has been great, really, for ever since ever since Benjamin left. He's been good. He's had sixty or more yards in all four games. He scored three times. I don't think it matters. It just Rhodes is so is just on fire right now. And we saw what happened to Julio Jones, who had only one catch in Xavier Rhodes' coverage last week. Although he was open a couple other times, and Matt Ryan just missed him. Just a C grade for Funches, and then lastly, Christian McCaffrey, just a C grade here as well. Um, you know, I like him better if Jonathan Stewart misses the game with that foot injury, and at that point, I might knock him up to a B, but it's a tough matchup here. McCaffrey stayed relevant by scoring touchdowns over the last month, but I think that comes to an end here against a Vikings defense that has allowed the fewest touchdowns to running backs total and hasn't given up a receiving touchdown to a running back all year. Also, the Vikings have allowed the six fewest receptions to running backs, and that's Christian McCaffrey's game. In a nutshell, right there. 
We need to take a break. When we come back, Titans taking on the Cardinals. What do you do with DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry? A major frustration every week. We'll tell you when we come back. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Football Weekly on the Fan. Plenty of matchups to get to. Let's dive right in. Titans take on the Cardinals, Scott, and the frustrations with these running backs is mm-hmm. perpetual. Where do, What do we do with Derrick Henry, DeMarco Murray? <sighs> this week, uh, I'm giving the edge to Murray this week. He actually looked better than Mur- than Henry last week until, until that the last play of the game. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Uh, but... Over the last six games, Arizona has allowed 145 yards per game to running backs. Mm-hmm. But here's the here's the factor that I like: over seven receptions per game to running backs over that stretch. That's all Murray's game. Uh, I'm giving him a B grade here. Gurley and Hyde each had over 40, over 80 yards receiving. Right. I'm not expecting that from Murray because they split so much. I'll still give Henry a C, but uh, I'm leaning Murray there. Over to the passing game. Uh, I'm giving Mariota a C this week. He's been tough to start. Just one passing touchdown each of his last four weeks. And sub 200 yards passing against the Colts and Texans, which Mm -hmm. should have been good matchups. He's had rushing touchdowns that helped salvage those days. But Arizona has allowed multiple touchdowns in four straight. And and I think he can get it done here. Yeah. uh, But just the C grade. All right. Davis is on the bench. Rashard Matthews is out. Davis will get Pat Pete. And Davis wasn't even stepping up as a wide receiver. No, which is disappointing. Yeah, it's really disappointing. Uh, Delaney Walker, where I think a lot of By the way, name the rookie receiver who has stepped up. Yeah, really. I mean, Evan Ingram. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) seriously. I mean, he's not a receiver, but yes, he's been as good as anybody. Yeah. Uh, Delaney Walker, I'm going to give him an A grade here. Here's his last six games in yards, and I'm going to put him in descending order 92, 71. 63, 63, 63, 63. That's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> so his floor is really nice and safe. I believe his floor is 63 yards That's for Probably his floor, yeah. Yes. He's scored in two straight, and he's had at least five targets in each of the last six. The five tight ends against the Cardinals with that many targets averaged six catches, 54 yards, scored three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving him an A. On the Cardinals side, Gabbert was your take a chance on me. You like him this week. I, I like Seals Jones. He's my take yeah, on Yeah, baby. Uh, Kerwin Williams, I'm leaving on the bench. The Titans have allowed a running back over 65 yards rushing, just haven't allowed one since week five over wow. 65. 65 yards. is not a high That's mark. Not either. at all. Yeah, no, and we should clarify no Adrian Peterson ruled out yeah, of this exactly. game. Exactly. Uh, Fitzgerald, easy A for me. Titans bottom 10 against wide receivers, and Fitzgerald yeah. gained 10 targets a game. I think I've moved him into my top five this yeah. week. Uh, John, no John Brown. Deep, deep, deep sleeper. JJ. You could go JJ Nelson. JJ Nelson. As a deep, deep sleeper, for those of you really in a pinch at the position, or maybe somebody looking for a very cheap play on Fanball. Let's go to our next uh, matchup, and that is Jets taking on the Broncos. Saw this stat which uh, this week, which I found fairly amusing. Total of five running backs have more rushing touchdowns than Josh McCown this year. Wow. How about that? What do you think of McCown against the, uh, against the Broncos? 
I got to respect the defense a little bit, but I'm still going to give him a starting grade with mm-hmm. a C. Uh, McCown, top 10 in fantasy points for standard scoring, top 10 among quarterbacks. So that's pretty impressive. And uh, Denver only allowing 235 passing yards per game, but they have allowed 14 passing touchdowns over their last five. So uh, I'll, I'll give McCown a shot if you're really desperate at quarterback. Uh, over to his receivers, Robbie Anderson, I want to give him a B here. Uh, he's become like an A play in the right matchup. Yeah, uh, just yeah. to see here, he did have a he's had a hamstring injury throughout the week. He likely will play, will suit up. So I'll give him the C grade. Hamstring uh, injuries re-injure a lot. Just as a note, for, especially for receivers who who need it for all the you know the leaping, jumping, cutting, everything else. It's dangerous. Uh, I know it is, but uh, they say he should be good to go. Six touchdowns in the last six games for Anderson. Uh, Denver has surrendered twelve touchdowns to wide receivers, so they have been giving up a good amount of scores to the position. So I'll give Anderson a C, and I will give Jermaine Curse a C as well. Probably bump him up a little bit if Anderson uh, isn't full strength or sits. Uh, As mentioned last week, he and Anderson essentially split time equally in the three primary pre-snap formations, so it's not like he'll see all of Chris Harris or Aqib Tlaib. They move him around a lot, so uh, I'm going to give Chris the C. has 10-plus targets and 100-plus yards in back-to-back games. Uh, McCown certainly locked in on him. Uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, I'll give a B. Hopefully the collective officiating vendetta against ASJ is over. Yeah, no kidding. Because Denver has allowed the second-most yards and the third-most scores to opposing tight ends, so he's my favorite pass catcher for New York in this game. Uh, He's a solid start. Uh, The running back's so very, very murky here. Uh, Below Powell, my take a chance to me running back last week, did come through with uh, scoring a touchdown on 20 20 touches. Uh, Matt Forte scored as well on 18 touches. I'm not sure either will see that much volume against Denver, which is a much tougher matchup on the ground than Kansas City was last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Denver is allowing under four yards per carry over the last five weeks, and that's with the Philly running back numbers baked in when they just went absolutely off. So they have been tough against the run, despite uh, what the numbers might say. So I got both of those guys on the bench because they're just going to cannibalize each other. And then over to Denver real quick. Not a lot to talk about. Ungevenarius Thomas to see uh, 18 targets over the last two games with a Simeon back under center, but just seven catches and 45 yards to show for it. That's brutal, but he should see good volume here. New York has allowed either a touchdown or 100 yards to a wide receiver in five of the past six games, but I'm still benching Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders despite that fact. 13 targets over the last two weeks, but just five catches and 23 yards for him. That's gross. And uh, tight end, sorry, Fish, no Austin Trailer talk today. <laughs> uh, Trevor Simeon. I almost brought nope. DJ Foster. Denver running backs, nope. This matchup is done and done. All right. Ravens take on the Steelers, and I don't have a lot to talk about in this one either. Uh, Alex Collins is startable with a C grade, but you want to be sure to check the status of his migraine issue, which is, all of a sudden everybody's got migraines. We'll have to watch that one. A potentially thorny situation because the Ravens don't play until Sunday night. And so, you know, we're just going to go on the best thing we know at kickoff, and hopefully it, he's safe to go. Steelers have allowed the 10th fewest rushing yards and the 4th fewest rushing touchdowns, so it's a tough matchup anyway. The only backs who have posted big games on the Steelers are the workhorse types that have gotten more than 20 carries, and that's something Alex Collins has only gotten one time all year, and that game was a shutout win, which is not going to happen in Pittsburgh. Just a C grade, and if anything, I'd, I'd gravitate Collins to the bench. If anything, Mike Wallace gets a C grade. He scored in the earlier matchup with the Steelers, and he scored in one of the two meetings with them last year. He draws the Steelers' best cornerback, Artie Burns, so there's no guarantee here. And for Brian, I will mention, for Mike Wallace, it is a revenge game. <laughs> Thank you. Joe Flacco's on the bench. Uh, this, By the way, this Joe Flacco matchup brought to you by the number one. Joe Flacco's averaging one touchdown pass per game. The Steelers are allowing one touchdown pass per game. Flacco has thrown exactly one touchdown <clears throat> in four straight games against Pittsburgh. 
He has thrown exactly one touchdown in seven of his last nine games against Pittsburgh. Every trend here says Flacco's going to throw one touchdown. Jeremy Macklin's on the bench. He's dealing with a back injury and is shaping up as a game-time decision, and it's a Sunday night game, so you won't know if he's going to go. And he draws a tough matchup with solid slot cornerback Mike Hilton anyway. Let's go to the Steelers' side. Le'Veon Bell is an obvious uh, A start, but we'll note it's a tough matchup against a very good Ravens run defense, allowing just 73 yards per game since the return of Brandon Williams. But he's as matchup-proof as anybody in fantasy football. Ben Roethlisberger, also an A grade. Last year, Ben faced Baltimore at home in December without Jimmy Smith, which sounds pretty familiar. What did he do last year's game? 280 passing yards and three touchdowns. Of Ben's, yes. Hi. I was going to say the last two games against the Ravens without Jimmy Smith. The other one, the one before that, yeah. six touchdowns out of Ben. Wow. And in those two games, yeah. Antonio Brown, 27 targets. Holy cow. Yeah, well, he's an A grade too, and an obvious <laughs> one at that. Uh, also, Ben, terrific at home in cold weather games, especially of his last nine November, December games. He's averaged 343 yards and three touchdowns. Averaged yeah, 343 yards and three touchdowns. Antonio Brown's an obvious A star without Jimmy Jimmy Smith on the field. And a C grade to Martavis Bryant in this one. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster suspended. And Jimmy Smith's out, and Bryant could have a chance here for, you know, that once every six games where he, he does something meaningful, this could be, he's got a chance. So I'm, I'm giving him a C grade in this one, and he's the only, he is the last stealer that anybody cares about. Uh, let's go to the Eagles taking on the Rams. Scott, the uh, the Eagles' backfield, I think we touched on it earlier. Corey, yeah. uh, Corey Clement was your your take a chance of me running back. I like Ajay as well, and I, mm-hmm. I even love LeGarrette Blunt. I like all of them. I yeah. actually gave all of them starting grades. Clement was my take a chance on me. The Rams are allowing the most rushing, back, rushing yards to running backs, second most touchdowns, 4.7 yards per carry that I mentioned before. They've also allowed five running back touchdowns and nearly 170 total yards to running backs over the last three weeks. Uh, Ajayi, the more versatile back, more uh, over, over doubled Blunt snaps last week, and uh, Blunt doesn't get red zone, so I'm giving Blunt the C and Ajayi the B here. Right. Okay. Over to the passing game, Ertz is looking more and more unlikely. He still hasn't passed uh, concussion protocol, so. Uh, I think I'm giving Burton a C if he doesn't if Ertz doesn't go. If Ertz does go, he's an obvious start. Yeah. If yeah. you own Ertz, you add Trey Burton right now. Yeah, yeah I agree. If you yeah, if you add, that's exactly right. If you own Ertz, go get Trey Burton. Rams are top ten against tight ends and just one tight end touchdown since week five. But over the last five weeks, they've allowed five targets and fifty yards per game to tight ends. So okay. and Burton played the second most snaps on the team last time uh Ertz, Ertz was, was out. out. Yep. And Jeffrey in that game. Six for 84 and two touchdowns. Yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> so I really like him in this game, it, whether Ertz is in or out. I, I'm giving Wentz an A grade as well. Uh, Rams are top 10 pass defense, but Wentz is the, has the most touchdowns in the league. This is the highest over under of the weekend. Yeah. And uh, it's the league's top scoring offense. Wentz, multiple touchdowns in seven of eight. Uh, another note on Jeffrey, he has five touchdowns in his last five games, wow. average, averaging eight targets a game. Uh, it, it's hard not to it's hard not to start him. Aguilar, I'm actually benching. He had a career game last week, but he hasn't topped 40 yards before that since week seven, and he's had four or fewer receptions in every game since week one. I like Burton a little more than him this week if Ertz is out. If not, I, I'm just I'm benching Aguilar. All right. On the Rams side, I'm giving Goff an A. He's he's shown up against uh, 
you know, bottom tier defense struggle. Right. This against, is not a bottom tier. No, defense. it really isn't. But you know, looking a little deeper, uh, they play. They had a really good stretch. The Eagles had a really good pass defense stretch against Bethard, Osweiler, Dak Prescott while in a funk without Tyrod Smith, mm-hmm. and Mitch Trubisky is what do you call him? Sam or sad Trombonski. Sad Trombonski. Uh, yeah. Uh, on the bookends of that, Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson had three touchdowns. So I think there's room for Goff here. Um, I'm going to give him a B grade because I think this could be a back and forth high scoring game. He might even get up to an A, but I'm going to give him a you know a really strong B. Given his wide receivers a B as well. Cup uh, gets a B grade for me. Eleven targets over the last two weeks. I know he's not scoring, no, but he's got five catches in four straight and at least sixty yards in three straight. Right. And I think it's going to be a good offensive game. Watkins, even before the Woods injury, he started to emerge as a touchdown threat, scoring in four of his last five. The only one he didn't was Minnesota, but that's Minnesota. So uh, I like him here with a B grade. Uh, In the running game, Todd Gurley, B grade. Eagles are second best defense against running backs, least total yards, and just eight touchdowns. So it's a really, really tough matchup, but he's basically matchup proof. 95 total yards or more in all but one game and 22.6 touches per game. He's just getting the ball too much to ignore. I'm giving a nice, strong B grade there. All right. When we come back, Cowboys take on the Giants. Do we get the good Dak Prescott of the first half of the season or the wobbly version since then? Find out when we return. You're listening to Fantasy Football Weekly on The Fan. Eat, drink, bowl, watch football at Park Tavern. Park Tavern shows all the games so you can watch your team. And with drink and food specials, football is a party. Eat, drink, bowl, watch football at Park Tavern. Highway 7 in Louisiana, St. Louis Park. Parktavern.net. Fantasy Football Weekly Playoff Edition for week number 14. Paul Charchian, Scott Fish, Brian Johnson with you. Final set of matchups. Only two left, and then we go right to lightning round. Try to help you out individually. Cowboys take on the Giants. Brian, the Giants defense in such a state that I think you start them all. Pretty much, yeah. We'll start with Dak Prescott. Now that he has his uh, O-line back, he's no yep. longer Lack, Pres- Lack Prescott. He's back to Dak. The Giants ranked 27th against the pass. Janoris Jenkins on IR. Yeah, you're starting Dak. Just a B, though. I don't know if he's going to need to light it up in this one. And he has been held under 180 yards in five of the last six. But uh should be a good game for Dak. Uh, going over his pass catchers, I'll give Dez uh, an A. I just mentioned Janoris Jenkins is on IR, and recent uh, wide receiver ones against New York have had pretty good games, if yep. not great. Marquise to the castle, Goodwin, Josh Doxson, even Johnny Holton last week, who stepped in as Oakland's number one wide receiver, scored. So, uh, Des in I don't nine, know that he was the number one. Wasn't Michael Crabtree? I don't know. Well, I think it was Cordero. Okay. That's Fair enough. All Fair right. enough. Either way. We like splitting Des. hairs. We like Dez, and I like Witten not as much, but uh, he's going to have like a good Des. game here too probably. We know tight ends against the Giants usually fare pretty well. Mm-hmm. Witten scored against the Giants in week one. I'll give him a, a solid B here. 
Uh, as well, uh, Alfred Morris as well will get a solid B. O-line is in a much better spot, uh, as just mentioned. And Morris has looked good regardless, averaging almost five yards per carry over the last three weeks. And uh, Rod Smith, there might be enough to go around for him. That's why he was charged to take a chance on me running back. I can agree with that take as well. The Giants' run defense is just atrocious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of the Giants, let's go over there. Eli Manning might take a chance on me quarterback because why not? I think he's going to have a decent game here as the Giants yeah. chase points and uh, struggle to run the ball. Uh, I'll give Sterling Shepard a B. Questionable, uh, but expected to play. So uh, I'll take that beat writer's word for it. Uh, Orlando Skandrick might not play. Uh, might be, be addition a... by the subtraction. Though. It might How be. Much? Skandrick's been bad. Slot receivers have eaten him alive. Yeah, so uh, I mean, Shepard, when healthy, when he was healthy, was right among the leaders in red zone targets. Dallas has allowed the most red zone targets and red zone touches to wide receivers. So mm-hmm. I like Shepard in this game, and I like Evan Engram as well. Uh, Cowboys have struggled against tight ends in recent weeks, getting lit up by Travis Kelsey, Austin Hooper, and, Hunt- and Hunter Henry. And with Eli Manning back, Engram could be going for his sixth touchdown in eight games with Eli at quarterback. Uh, as for the running backs, lastly, Orleans Darkwa is questionable with an illness, which would make Wayne Galman somewhat interesting if Darkwa were to sit. It's true. Not a great matchup. Uh, Sean Lee will make his return for the Cowboys, which bolsters their run defense immensely. But if Darkwa plays, I'm just off the running backs entirely. But if Darkwa sits, Galman would be a desperation C, I reckon. You reckon? I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Your uh, Monday night game is the Patriots at Miami. If there's a, you know, if there's a, there's a Monday nighter to take off. Do something with the family. Maybe uh, go see a holiday play. This is probably it. Brady and Cooks are obvious A's. They rank as my number one quarterback and number two wide receiver, uh, uh, respectively. We'll move on for two more interesting matchups, and that includes the running backs. Deion Lewis, a B grade here. He's rushed for 204 yards over the last two weeks, including a career-high 112 yards against the Dolphins just two weeks ago when these teams last met, week 12. Uh, is not scoring though because Rux Burkhead getting the carries inside uh, inside the ten yard line and the five yard line. This is a Dolphin run defense that's allowed the seventh most rushing yards. I like Deion Lewis, especially from a yardage standpoint, and he is still getting some carries up close, so he might get a touchdown out of this. Rex Burkhead nearly even with Deion Lewis in carries over the last two weeks, but more importantly, getting the ball in the red zone. He outcarried Lewis four to one inside the twenty uh, yard line last week. He scored two touchdowns last week. He scored both on the ground and through the air two weeks ago when these Dolphins met last. Going to the passing game. Chris Hogan's a game-time decision with a shoulder injury. Uh, If he goes, it's a good opportunity against a slumping Miami pass defense that's given up four four touchdown passes to Tom Brady just two weeks ago. Plus, with Gronk out, there's more balls to spread around to the other receivers. Problem is, you're not going to know if Chris Hogan's going to go on Monday night when you need to set your lineup at... Uh, for the early games on Sunday, noon central. So one idea is check the availability of Danny Amendola. He's on the waiver wire in many leagues, and if you can pivot to Amendola on Monday night, if Hogan doesn't go, that's not a half-bad play. And I like Amendola if Hogan doesn't go in this matchup because it's pretty easy. Dwayne Allen's the last guy to talk about. Gronk's going to miss this game with the suspension. And last time Gronk missed a game, Dwayne Allen didn't have a catch. The upside here, though, is he's facing a Miami defense that's allowing the fourth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So there's that. Let's go to the Miami side. We'll begin with the running back, Kenyon Drake, who got almost all the work last week with Damian Williams out, and that's going to be the case again here. But the game script will not help Kenyon Drake. The Dolphins are likely to be playing from behind throughout this game. Patriots give up five yards per carry, which is a lot, 
but they've only given up four rushing touchdowns, and I'm worried that Drake's only be good for like 10, 12 carries, maybe 15, if Miami falls behind early, which is probable. Let's go to the passing game. I like Jarvis Landry at a B grade. He caught eight balls against the Patriots two weeks ago. Patriots have allowed the fourth most yards to receivers, although a lot less lately. Landry is the only one to top 51 yards against the Patriots over the last three weeks. He does draw a favorable matchup with slot cornerback Jonathan Jones, backup slot cornerback Jonathan Jones uh, for the Patriots. So Landry is a, is a is a B play here, maybe even up towards an A. Uh, Julius Thomas is a C-grade. Patriots haven't allowed an opposing tight end to catch more than five balls since week six. They've held opposing tight ends out of the end zone since then as well. When these teams met two weeks ago, he had five catches for 52 yards. That sounds about right this week as well. That's good enough for a C-grade for Julius Thomas. I've got a bench grade on Jay Cutler. Patriots have now held opponents under 20 points in eight straight games, which is really impressive. And opposing quarterbacks to under 250 passing yards in six straight games. They've also limited opposing quarterbacks to one or less passing touchdowns in each one of those games. Six straight. So your realistic hope for their Cutler here is just garbage time, and that's it. But even then, the Patriots aren't even giving that up most no, games. No, that secondary is back and has been it for is. some time. Yeah. Kenny Stills has taken over as the Dolphins' second receiving option over Devontae Parker and actually leads the team in targets, yards, and touchdowns over the last three weeks. Patriots held him just three catches and 47 yards two weeks ago, though. And as we mentioned, the secondary is back. I don't like Kenny Stills. He's on the bench, and Devontae Parker as the third or fourth receiving option, also on the bench. It is time for lightning round. You know the drill. One question between two players. We will hang up on you. Then you can listen to the answer on the delay. And we'll move on to the next caller to try to service as many people as possible. We begin with Craig. Hello. Hey, great job, guys. Thank you. Uh, Non-PPR, Kenyon Drake or Sterling Shepard? Non-PPR. Oh, man. That's tough. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go with Sterling Shepard here. Yeah, I would too. We just talked Drake. I'm nervous about Drake in this game flow when they're behind by a lot, which is probable. Drew, you're next. I'm in an Empire League and I'm looking at the back of my roster for next year. Which Packers running back, Williams or Jones? I love this. I almost made this one of the five tough questions this week, Drew. That's a Especially great question. Because we're on different ends. Yeah, I'm a yeah. Williams guy. He's I'm a one Jones of my, guy. Preseason sleepers, and uh, I don't know. He's been looking really good lately. Jones yeah. looked good too, but Jones averaging more... like five yards a carry from when yeah. he was healthy. Those were soft matches. I'm a Jones guy. Brian's a Williams guy. So, that's, Charles, that's you want to break this? That's a non-answer. I'm going Aaron Jones for this one, Drew. Okay. It's a great question though, and I'm really glad you brought it up. Mac, you are next. Standard scoring, uh, semifinals, playoffs, Derek Henry or Jarek McKinnon? Derek Henry or Jarek McKinnon? I'm going to take McKinnon in this one. Uh, we, you know, we talked, Scott talked about uh, Henry. We don't love him in this matchup. And utility backs have been better than the straight ahead power backs against Carolina this week. Mac held for two hours. Thank you for your patience. Wow. Man. John, you are next on the show. I got a PPR question. Uh, Shepard or Marvin Jones? Oh, Marvin Jones for me, especially yeah. with Shepard with a hamstring. Who knows if he get re-injures? I would. I'll only caution this: watch Sunday morning. Let's make sure Stafford's throwing well yeah. in pregame. Yeah. If there's any hesitancy about that hand, then all bets are off. Andrew, you're on the fan. Twenty-five PPR. Uh, Corey Coleman or Nelson Aguilar? Coleman or Aguilar? Uh, Aguilar. Uh, 
Charge likes Coleman. And I, like I him love too, Coleman so. this week. I like Coleman. Yeah, Coleman over Aguilar. The yeah. upside against that injury-depleted Packers secondary is huge. Uh, Bill, you're next. Uh, standard league, Alfred Morris or Leonard Fournette. Uh, I got Alfred Morris way up at running back number five wow. this week, and I love his matchup with the Giants. They're going to get ahead, and they well, I don't get it. Yeah, they'll probably get ahead and just run out the game. <laughs> uh, Chris, you're next. Yeah, PPR uh, Burke or um, Kareem Hunt. Okay, what was the first one? Burkehead. Burkehead, I believe. Yeah, Burkehead. Oh, I like Burkehead a lot this week. I'll go with Burkehead. Yeah. Uh, Tom, you're on the fan. Hi, uh, uh, non-PPR, Black Tyreek Hill, or Carlos Hyde. All right. Non-PPR, I go with the more guaranteed touches in Hyde. There. Mike, you're on the fan? Hey, guys. Uh, Austin Perry Jenkins or Baby Seal Jones? Ricky Seals Jones yep. has got a lot of momentum and a nice matchup. Yep. Although Austin Sperry and Jenkins got a nice matchup too. They both have good yeah. matchups. As, as long as they don't put one under review and take it away. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm still I'm going with the Ricky Seals Jones in this one. It's close yep. though. Yep. Uh Tim, you're next. Hey guys, uh, standard scoring. Jared Goff or Cart or uh, Jameis Winston. All right. Oh, you man. gave an A grade to Jared Goff. Oh, I thought I gave B. Uh Oh, man, I really like Winston this week, too. I think I'll just slightly lean Goff. But, man, I really like them both this week. Jeffrey, you're on the fan. Well, um, how about Goff or Mariota? Oh, Goff. Goff, yeah. That one's close. All right. Uh, not close. Mitch, you're next. Half point, DPR, Goodwin or Burkhead? Oh. oh man! Can uh, you... I got Burkhead at number ten at the running back I position. Wish there was someone else. <laughs> I know we, you know, we're really high at Goodwin. Try we'll to get take, them both in. We'll take Burke. We'll take Burkhead, who has scored four yeah. touchdowns in the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, Tom, you are next. Hi guys, got a running back question. Love the show. Thank I you. Listen every week. You guys do a very good job. Uh, my question is: Jordan Howard or Samaje Perine? All right, I think Piran's safer for more for a lot that of touches. Standard in the, scoring, yeah, standard scoring. I, I like the matchup a little better for Piran as well. I'm with you. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate the compliments. Ray, you are next on the fan. Hey guys, Devonte Adams or Cordero Patterson? I I still got to go Adams here. Sorry. If Cooper doesn't go, are you still going Adams over Cordero? Well, it's not guaranteed. He's not going to shadow Cordero. Does it matter if Cooper goes or not? Yes, it matters. Because Cooper does, doesn't go, Cordero's your starter. Know, but it's not like he's going to sh- I, I still got to go Adams. I got to go Adams. That's a sorry. great matchup for Nick, Cooper. you're next. Uh, Kareem Hunt or Deion Lewis, PPR. Oh. Deion Lewis, baby. You know, you know, 200 yards the last two weeks. And the prospect of a potentially big game and what should be a one-sided game. Lots of running. Jim, you're next. Jim? Jim. All right, we're moving on. Michael, you're on the fan. Gabbert or Keenum? All right. Oh, wow. I, this is weird. I think I'm actually going to go with Gabbert. <laughs> I've got uh, yeah, I've got Keenum a couple of spots. Do I? Totally a two-quarterback league question. I love it. Yeah, that is yeah. a two-quarterback <laughs> league. Yeah, I've got Keenum a couple spots higher, but you can go where you want with this. I uh, like Gabbert close. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, that was Thomas. Let's go to Joe. You're next. Uh, standard lead, Kenny Stills or Demarius Thomas? Uh, I still got to go Thomas. Yeah, no, no Kenny Stills. That New England yeah, secondary. Stills is sure. on, yeah, Stills is on the bench. Natalie, hello. 
Hello, Standard League, Safarian Jenkins or Seals Jones? We just had this question. Wait, can we just say ASJ versus RSJ to save time? I like that. Boom. I like that. I've got I've got RSJ two spots higher than ASJ, which means they're awfully close. Our final caller is Tim. Hello. Hi guys. Standard scoring. Jared McKinnon or Bly Powell? Oh. Powell's out. I, yeah, I don't like either of them really, but McKinnon's the one I like a little bit more. It's, I've got a, stand, we got a starting grade of McKinnon. Stand, yeah, we but don't it's have, standard, yeah. so it's yeah, a little rougher. That. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. McKinnon, though. Still. Uh, good luck in the playoffs, everybody. We're rooting for you. We want every one of you that takes the time to listen to the show to have the kind of success you have earned by taking uh, the sage advice doled out by your hosts here. Um, you can miss any part of the show. Check out the podcast, KFN Fan On Demand. Tony says he's going to have it up in four seconds. You know it goes. Absolutely. We'll be uh, we'll be up and rocking the podcast right away. Also available on the iHeartRadio app, KFN.com, and iTunes. Thanks, Tony, Scott, Brian. Talk Thanks. to everybody next week for the semifinals. Bye-bye. Tune in to KFAN's Fantasy Football Weekly, presented by Devonis Saturdays at 10 a.m. right here on The Fan. Learn about this week's sleepers and all necessary projections from the experts. Check out Devonis Rewards Program and Game Day Catering at Devonis.com. Devonis is here for your game day parties. Order all of your favorites for dine-in, take-out, or delivery. And when you dine in, enjoy the refreshing taste of local craft beer. Call any Devonis location or get...